Welcome to the A-Game Podcast with Nick LaMagna, digging into the minds and experiences of some of today's brightest entrepreneurs in real estate and business, along with Hollywood stars, UFC fighters, and your favorite rock bands. People that have figured out how to overcome obstacles, take chances, live boldly, and no matter what they do, they always bring their A-Game. the AK podcast. Today's guest is the one, the only Merrill Chandler. He is with Credit Sense and he is the absolute most knowledgeable person I have come across. Uh, I tell everybody, I always look for people that are black belts in every industry so I can learn all the ins and outs without having to take all the bumps and bruises that they have already taken. And Merrill is somebody that has helped a lot of people I know, including myself, whether you're a person that's coming from bad credit or no credit looking to get yourself into a good or better credit situation. If you have decent credit or credit and you're looking to take your profile into a, an excellent credit space, or even if you have A plus excellent credit right now, how do you get a better what we call credit profile to get yourself fundability? Because at the end of the day, everybody's looking to make themselves in a position that they can make more money. The best favor you can do yourself is make yourself more fundable. And there's things that I've learned over the last 5, 10, 15 years of being a real estate investor and working in credit that I had never even heard before until I actually started working on a deeper level with Merrill over the last two years. And it's just really been eye-opening. And I think it's so important. And the old cliche of why don't they teach these things in high school, this is really, to me, the most important thing ever. So um, I will let you start by talking about what makes you a black belt and an expert on this situation? And I think people are just going to tell right off the bat that you are so passionate about credit and it just shows. So I don't even have to prep you much. We've talked about this a hundred times. Take it away. Tell them about yourself. Absolutely. Um, Merrill Chandler, founder and CEO of Credit Sense. And um, I actually, my background, what makes me a black belt in this, I love your reference. Um, what makes me a black belt is that I, in 1992, 25 years ago, I co-founded Lexington Law Firm, which is the single largest credit repair law firm in the country. There were five of us, the original partners, that, that developed this whole expand and really do credit repair in a, before, before Lexington, it was the wild, wild west, man. It was just scamsville everywhere, right? So we legitimized the, the credit repair space. But what I learned when I was there was you cannot, you cannot repair your way to fundability, right? You can't delete, a, you can't write a few credit repair letters, send them to the bureaus, have a few items deleted, and then walk in to get a mortgage or walk in and get an auto loan or walk in. You can't repair your way to a fundable profile. And I, so I'm sitting here going, well, we're helping, we're doing what we promised at Lexington, but we're not actually serving our client to get them in to the things that they want cars homes new new credit lines a uh, business credit lines etc and so that's when i developed um over the course of that process i was with lexington for five years and over the course of that process i knew that there had to be more right there had to be more and so um i i i i over the course of that period, I'd seen literally tens of thousands of before and after credit profiles, knew exactly what was causing credit scores to rise, but what was causing clients to get funded and what was not. And so uh, I'm, a, I'm a dot connector, right? If, I, if I, anything that's going to be on my headstone will be he connected <laughs> random dots, right? And so that was, so I learned that there were ways in which you could create a fundable profile, not just delete a few negative items. And off to the races, I, we, we established Credit Sense, uh, um, and I co-founded, uh, or I started Credit Sense, and that's where we started implementing this technology. And now we've been doing it for 25 years, and I've, most of the time I've been uh, working with high net worth clients, right? And many of them have really good credit scores, but as we're gonna be discussing today, lenders look at your credit score is third or fourth most important metric that they measure. It is not the most important thing. So we've been kind of trained to be watching the little shiny object called our credit score while lenders are evaluating other criteria that they don't tell us about and then approve us or deny us based on that. And we think, oh, but I have a good getting my fill in the blank, right? That's what we're all about. I love that. And you know, one of the things that you really brought to my attention was we talked about how 
people think that just having a credit score is the most important thing. And as you just pointed out, it really isn't everything at all. And the analogy that you gave me really made sense because if you're going to be just somebody who's going to buy a house once, maybe buy a car, all right. But if you're going to be an entrepreneur and get into the business of being a real estate investor, getting into buying and selling assets, then how would they give you some type of loan? And the, the analogy that I've given some of my students, I repeated from you, was if you have an 800 credit score, but the only credit card you have is a $2,000 Citibank card that you've had, and maybe a card at Lowe's, where is your credit profile saying that you have any type of experience of borrowing a bunch of money, paying it back, borrowing a bunch of money, paying it back, and building up that history or that track record of a credit profile? And, and part of the, you know, tagging on that is if I went to a bank and I said, you know what? I wanted a million dollars to open up a juice bar. And they went, well, you have great credit, but I mean, what do you know about opening and running a juice bar? And I said, well, I, I drink juice in the morning. We don't feel comfortable giving you a million dollars to run a juice bar just because you drink juice. So just because you have a good credit score doesn't mean a bank's going to turn around and give you money to go buy and sell an asset or a house or an apartment building. So talk about the difference because everybody thinks about credit score. And until I've come across you, I don't even care about that. I look at my credit profile and I'm less concerned with my score. I understand that using my profile responsibly, my score might even go down from time to time, but that really doesn't matter because my profile is growing, which is going to get me more fundability, which is exactly what matters. Yeah, you, you, you nailed it. First of all, what, what, the quote I, uh, I use is, who's going to give you a $100,000 business, unsecured business line of credit on your Home Depot reputation? right? It's not going to happen. And not, not with the $2,000 Citibank card. You've got to be able to show that you can manage this kind of money, right? So the metaphor that I, I, I've now kind of uh, tri uh, uh, tri pivoted to, as it were, is um, pro ball versus uh, pickup games at the rec center, right? Basketball. The, we need to become, and my, my goal in life is to make every one of your listeners a professional borrower, a pro baller when it comes to their ability. Because think of it this way. When you're on the bench, you're on the bench because we don't care about credit score. I don't care that you have negative items or positive items, right? If you're on the bench, it's because no one wants you in the game. Nobody trusts to give you the ball because you're going you're gonna to biff it every time, right? So you're on the bench. You're, if you're on the starting lineup, you're still going to not – they're only going to give you the ball. They're only going to give you that $100,000 unsecured business line of credit, that million-dollar that million apartment loan, that all the different trade lines that are possible if you know how to get that ball and shoot and score. The, 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 other the, the, the owners, the lenders, aren't going to put you in the game unless you've got amazing stats. Stat, score, is, score might as well be the, 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 the jersey number you're wearing. It's that meaningful, right? The stats is how many rebounds, how many three for free throws, how many three-pointers, right? How many last 10-second points? Those are your stats. In credit, it's what does your 24-month look-back period look like? What is the quality of your profile? What are your, what's your average limit? What's your average um, loan amount? What is the relationship between your business and personal? Um, how many identities do you have? How confusing do you look? Do you have 14 names on your jersey when you're running around trying to get the ball, right? The, the whole metaphor is that we are here to become professional borrowers. Like you said, you're not playing the game if you get a house and you get a car and you have a couple credit cards. That's not playing the funding game. Playing the funding game is renting your money low and turning it around for profits high. That's what banks have been doing for 500 years. They are professional ballers, right? They know how to borrow low and rent their money high. We want to do the same thing in a fix and flip, in a, in, in, a, in a buy and hold, right? We want to, when we get that ball, if we don't score, they're not going to give us that ball in, anymore. So we got to have the amazing stats to do so. So I'm really pushing that metaphor, but it really, it, it's applicable. The good news is I'm, I, 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 it's as arrogant as it comes, but I'm a damn good coach and making you a pro baller. I love that. And that's very well said. And uh, one of the things you touched on, which it's, it's just been an amazing learning curve for me. And one of the analogies that I always tell students is I thought I knew a lot about credit and, and I did res respectively, but then all of a sudden I applied for a basic American airlines card 
and I got declined. And I said, that makes no sense to me at all. I make great money, I have assets all over the country, I have excellent credit, how the hell am I getting declined? And then as we dug in and really figured it out, it was these things that maybe didn't matter a couple of years ago, but they did now. And the two things that completely screwed me were I used different names. Sometimes I use a middle initial, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I use a nickname, sometimes I don't. And I never cared. Is it Nick? Is it Nicholas? Is it not? And then my addresses. Sometimes I use my this address, sometimes I use my that address, sometimes I use the P.O. box. And what we're finding in many aspects of life is artificial intelligence is taking over the game. So you're having a conversation with a computer. And to a computer, the fact that I have four names and four addresses, to me, that means I'm a successful businessman. To a computer, that spells fraud, which got me declined. And then when I took the bank, the bank said, no, what you're saying makes sense. And if it was me, I get it. And I said, so what do I do? They went, well, you wait six months and you do it again. Like, I already took the hard hit. There's nothing I can do. And that pissed me off, which made me say, you know, as we talked, you said, hey, you can be mad or you can be right. So take the time and fix it. And in six months, we don't have the same problem. Or you can be pissed off about it and say that the bank's wrong and that doesn't make sense. And you still have no funding. So, yeah, it's annoying. But you change with the game or you sit on the sidelines. So, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So talk a little bit about how technology's changed in the – even stupid well, things like that, nobody knows those things. I wouldn't have known those no, things. They don't. Okay, so so this is one of the fun things that when you when you work with uh, Nick and I, and you do kind of you play this game the way we we've been playing it together. Um, first of all, there are uh, there's this place that I call it uh, a Mount Olympus of the credit gods. It's called FICO World, and FICO World. Um, it happens every 18 months. I went to the very first one in 2016, went to 2018, and this coming November is FICO 19. What happens there is all of the lenders, all of the, all of the predictive analytics people all get together and they figure out how to protect lenders' money from identity theft, fraud, and all the things you're just talking about. Well, the last year and this year, if you looked at their brochures and their marquees and the huge, I mean, they throw a bash. They rented in 2016, they rented the entire Smithsonian Institute of all of the, the museum of mammals and water creatures, all this massive museum. And we had the FICO party in, in, in the actual uh, Smithsonian Institute. I'm like, the hell is going on here? These guys are ragers, right? So they know how to throw a party. But the bottom line is all of these, every marquee was covered with optimization and um, AI. They are the machine learning and artificial intelligence. They're learning how to derive all of this data that you're talking about. And like, like I said, in the, in the basketball metaphor, that's like you running out on the court with um, Nick, uh, Nick LaMagna and then running out with Nicholas LaMagna. They don't know who they're throwing the ball to, right? So they're not going to give you the damn ball. And it, an algorithm, you got to know how algorithms, no matter how complex, it's perfect match yes, perfect match no. Perfect match, yes. Perfect match, no. And they do that about 4 billion times when they, they review each credit profile. And so they're going to look across all three bureaus. Are all the balances perfectly matched? Is the name perfectly matched? Is the date of birth? Is the, it, How many addresses do they know? They check the genealogy. People don't know this. You know why you put down that second address if you've lived somewhere less than two years? Because it's called a genealogy. And they're actually tracking the Nick, uh, the Nick uh, uh, L from one path to the other path of another path to see if it's the same Nick L. There are 29 Merrill Chandlers in the credit bureau databases, right? Only two I know. Me and my dad were both Merrill Chandler. So there's no comprehending the, the specificity. But if we're data points, then we got to act like we're matching our data. Do you realize FICO score even has, uh, or FICO has a score, it's called the application score. It actually measures how different your application is off the credit bureau data by each bureau and if it's more than i this is a, a hypothesis i'll always tell you where i'm where it's an educated guess versus i fico people told me themselves but um it, it it's more than 10 percent off of variance 
it's an automatic rejection. And that's why, as we discussed, that's why you got, you got denied, right? And I've spent time with the score development team, both the personal score development at FICO and the business score development at FICO. And I actually have a FICO liaison that I, you know, we ask questions and we go back and forth. We're the only consumer facing organization in the country, in the world, everybody else are lenders. But we are the only, and I met with the CEO of FICO himself, uh, Will Lansing, to get the introductions we need because he loved the notion of fundability, making our borrowers more fundable. Because lenders only make money when they lend, right? Yeah. And so they want fundable borrowers, and they just opened the, the golden gates to us, and, and we got to ask a hundred questions of their score development teams when we were out there. That's awesome. So uh, touching on that, I know you did meet with the FICO people and um, uh, backtracking for a second for some people that are really new to the credit game. I know a lot of the times people will come up to me and I'll say, Hey, you know what? You want to buy a property from me? You want to invest with me? Great. Do you know what your credit score is? They go, sure do. I just went on credit karma. So I know that there's, there's advantage scores and there's FICO scores and, can you explain a little bit of the difference between why you would direct somebody like me to go in some directions and why FICO is different from some of the other scores and why some of these other tricking people into, Hey, yeah, we got you. Your credit karma score is good. Whereas it's really not. And why? Yeah. Great, great observation. First of all, there's FICO scores and then what I call FACO scores and FACO scores are anything that do not have the registered FICO trademark. Now, um, we send people, uh, we send people to myfico.com to get um, to put that in your program notes. Myfico.com and get any one of those products that you want. But they show 28 credit scores, 28 consumer-facing credit scores. Not one. There's no such thing as a credit score. Doesn't exist. There's no such thing. So in the FACO scores, um, bless their hearts. Uh, uh, there are 80 million people being deceived by uh, Credit Karma and their ads saying, oh, look, I can qualify for a loan, right? I have a 760 Credit Karma score. Credit Karma uses a fake algorithm. There is not a lender that is any bona fide um, 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 mortgage broker, uh, top tier lender, or any, anybody who's offering real cash cards that uses Credit Karma's Vantage score. Nobody uses it. So what you're doing is you're saying, yeah, I'd like that apple, please. And then you're going in and asking for a, a, a banana in your car loan. And they're not even, they're not even remotely associated. So got in, going back to the metaphor, if you want to know the score, you got to know the score the lenders are using, not some random person in the audience holding up a placard going, you got 72. That doesn't mean anything, right? You got to know what the lenders are measuring when they're calculating your stats to see how fundable of a borrower you are. Ever wanted to play the drums? Why your home take an online drum lesson for free or get some online drum lessons for your kids so they can burn some energy while they are all cooped up? Take advantage of this special opportunity to take a free online drum lesson with one of the tri-state area's most respected and well-known drummers, Danny LaMagna. Dan has played with such bands as Suicide City, Sworn Enemy, Biohazard, Crown of Thorns, Walls of Jericho, The Real Mackenzies. He is also endorsed by DW, Sabian, Vader, and has tons of experience teaching kids, adults, and all different types of music styles, and has played in bands all around the world. Dan is giving a free lesson to see if it's a great fit for you and can give all types of great specials right now to get you guys involved. Do not wait. Go on his website, www.danlamagna.com slash lessons. That's www.danlamagna.com slash lessons or check the show notes for this podcast and there will be links in there as well. Again, free drum lesson with one of the most well-known drummers in the tri-state area, Dan LaMagna, www.danlamagna.com slash lessons. You will not regret it. I love that. And now I know that there's differences. So when you do pull up that, that FICO score, which I use my FICO, I happen to like that a lot. Um, they'll give you an auto loan score, a mortgage score, a consumer score. What's the difference in the relevance of those? And as a real estate investor, which are the ones that really matter and why? 
Okay, great question. So your most relevant score for mortgages are going to be the mortgage score. And there's three bureaus, uh, and just let me just throw a little fuel on that confusion fire, because not only are there FICO and FICO scores, but in FICO itself, there are three bureaus, and you never know what bureau you're pulling until after the fact, and it hits your credit uh, profile, right? You never, so there's three bureaus, then there's auto, mortgage, uh, um, a bank card score, which is your unsecured um, credit and unsecured credit lines. That's the most akin to what business lines of credit would be. And then there is a marketing score. The one you get at your, the, the, the score you get at uh, on Bank of America and American Express saying, hey, get your FICO score. That's also a, it's a, it uses the FICO algorithm, but it, no lenders use it. It's just a, what we call a raw data score. It just calculates all your data, not your auto data, not your mortgage data, not your credit card or unsecured credit line data. And so, so there's those, all the, those four types of scores. And then, hold on to your boots, <laughs> then there are three versions of each of the scores. There's what's called 542, which is the oldest. That's like Windows 98, right? Then there is FICO 8, which is currently the most um, used. And then there's FICO 9, which is the most recent release, but also is the most, um, is the most accurate because they've got 10 more years worth of data that they have put into FICO 9. And so you have another billion worth of transactions that they've been able to, um, uh, to use their predictive analytic models with, right? But there's, so there's three, and when you go to get a loan, guys, when you go get, get a loan, you do not know which bureau they're pulling, which, uh, which type of score they're pulling, and which, uh, and which version of the software they're using, unless you know who to ask and where to ask and how to ask. So, didn't mean to make it more complicated, but the point is, is that this entire process, if you know the rules of the game, you can win the game. But if you don't know, you are going to get freaking slaughtered. And guess what? How many of you, how, especially real estate investors, let's not even talk about how real estate investors are trying to even go get full doc loans and are getting denied because we're hitting this crest. People think there's going to be a reset. And even lenders are not looking at giving real estate investors um, loans. Hard money people will. Private money people will. Your organization is great at that, right? But when you go to commercial places, they don't want to give a real estate investor loan. How would you like to have a, 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 a hack that separated you and the, your genius as a businessman or woman from the deals that you do? They will fund your genius. They will not fund your deals. Your job is to get the money and fund your own deals. So there. When you know the rules, man, you can play the game to win. So I love what you just said because this is a conversation I have a lot that one of the things that I tell everybody is, again, I, I've been investing for a long time. I've done a lot of things right. I've done a lot of things wrong, but I've learned a lot from everything. So being the fact that I've had successful investments for the last 13 years, I've invested throughout the entire market cycle. So I've experienced the down and the up, and I've seen – the pitfalls of both. And one of the biggest things I see is a lot of people want to do this house hacking where they go, you know what? I'm going to get an asset-based loan. I'm going to buy a property. I'm going to put a bunch of tenants in. Maybe I'm going to rent out a bunch of rooms. And then I'm going to pull some equity out. And the thing that I saw is even if the real estate market doesn't turn the way that people are saying it is, which it is overdue for, I'm not going to argue that, but let's say it doesn't. Lenders are going to prepare for the fact that that's going to happen. And even if there's not a real estate recession, there's going to be a credit crunch, which means it's going to be harder to get funding unless you have A-plus fundability and credit. So yes, maybe the hard money lender, maybe even your private lenders do not care what your credit is. So they give you money to buy that house and put tenants in. But now you have to cash them out. So now you have to go and actually get a conventional loan or refinance out of that. The private money and the hard money lenders they didn't care about you and your credit profile, but the banks you're gonna to go to for the refinances, they are. And that's where it becomes super important that short of you maybe dealing with a very small mom and pop bank or credit union that you already got pre-approved for and you know that they'll do everything at 65% LTV, this is exactly why it's important to do that now. Get that credit profile now 
So when there is that credit crunch, you can get into real estate and you can stay in the real estate game. So I, I love that you brought that up because you're absolutely right. Right now you can buy properties regardless because of unconventional loans. But how do you cash out those unconventional loans? You're going to have to. Exactly. So many people come to us and they're tapped out with because they used every resource. They charged up their personal credit cards to get their skin in the game with a hard money loan. They're 20 or 30 percent. And then somebody else and then the hard money comes in. And that's what, two, three, five points, depending uh, on your level of experience, plus nine to 12, 15 percent. And now you're stuck with horrible credit scores because you your skin in the game and you've got uh, and you're tapped out with the, the lender and you're just paying money and you're getting additional charges for every round that they have to refinance you on and you are stuck because you didn't it, I call it the goose uh, killing the goose that lays the golden egg right you used in, instead of developing a strategy where you would use credit business credit that is offline it doesn't touch your personal profile you keep your personal profile in great shape so that you can then take out that takeout loan that the hard money people were gracious enough to give you as an asset-based experience, right? And, but if you charge up your personal, and I know your listeners, I know a bunch of them, they're like, oh yeah, I do my fix and flip and then I charge up my American Express and put all my charges, carry it for three or four months before I go to flip it, right? And they're like, yeah, but my score is now 660 and nobody will lend me anything and I can't get another credit card, right? So, so there, there is a solution to all this, a very simple solution to all this, but you can't, unless you know what the lenders and FICO are counting, you can't even know how to play the game well enough to, 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 to take their money and have them win every time they lend to you. That's the golden ticket is you're an all-star player, because everybody knows in the last 10 seconds, you're going to score, right? In the first three quarters, you're going to score. Give them the ball, we are going to score. So that's why we say, why we say we want to make you, we're committed to making people, educating people for, to, be, to become that uh, all-star player. I love that. Now, so, so talking about that again, you, I know you said you went and you, you got the 100 most common things that FICO is going to be looking for. Out of that, just a quick synopsis of what are you seeing going into the 2019 conference or coming out of the 2018 conference? What are the big five things or just top you know, overviews that you're seeing that are going to revolutionize or change? Or yeah. Great question. All right. So um, what's coming out? There's a, a FICO established outside of the credit bureau, outside of the Fair Credit Reporting Act, because it's just a consortium of 9,000 banks. There's what's called the Falcon system. And they push this heavily at FICO 18 and FICO 19 is going to be a, a just as big a deal because they are pushing the ability to um, data share every single data point from every application submitted by every single borrower. So since, it, you're, since you're sharing data that you've voluntarily given, it's not your credit report. You're not, you don't report, oh yeah, I missed three payments on an application, right? So that's why it falls outside. There's, they, are, they are intelligent little devils to, to collect all the data and they're comparing when you say, oh yeah, I make $60,000 on one application and then two months later you put in like, I make $67,000 and they have tolerances for how much your income can go up without needing to verify it, right? They are measuring everything. And so Falcon is the number one thing that is coming into play. Credit card stacking, right? Um, you and I've talked about that at great lengths. Credit card stackers, there's what's called the 524 rule. Anytime you get more than five credit instruments or apply for five credit instruments within a 24-month period, they shut you down. They will not even accept the application. And so what's happening is Falcon is covering their, uh, the lender's uh, hindquarters by saying, hey, this person is actually trying to, to game the system. They're actually they're chasing money. And I'm telling you, you shouldn't have five credit cards on your whole damn credit report that are open, much less do five in 24 months, unless you're in a building mode, right? A, a profile building mode. Because the, the perfect profile, believe it or not, guys, the perfect profile is three to five um, top tier bank credit cards. 
no more. And if you got more than that, don't go closing your cards or you're going to wreak havoc on your profile. We call them landmines, right? Don't step on the landmine by closing accounts because you or because I've given you some of the things to watch out for. But the bottom line, Falcon is number one, number two, and number three of the top things. Everything is coming out of Falcon. And we're and if we don't know what our data points are, if we don't know how to intelligently fill out an application, if we don't know what's listed in the credit bureau databases by each bureau so that our application matches perfectly, we're not going to be successful in getting good credit, um, credit, and we're not going to be successful in using it. There, it uh, uh, Falcon measures traffic patterns. It measures the 24-month look-back period. And it, let me give a quick one on that. 24-month look-back period is every doubling period is squared the value for or against your profile. So three months is X. Six months of the same behavior is 2X. 12 months is 4X, but six, uh, 24 months is 16X. So it, goes ag so it goes for you or goes against you. And so if, you have, if you've been do carrying a balance for 24 months, you are hosed. If, you're, if you've been doing the right traffic patterns, you're, you're doing the right things, right? You gotta know that FICO measures 40 characteristics of your credit profile, 40. And those four, and people say, uh, I ask people who have an 800 plus credit score, how'd you get your 800 plus credit score? And they go, pay my bills on time. And I'm like, so what about the other 39 things that FICO measures, many of which are more important than paying your bill on time, right? So that's, those are, that's what was 2018. And we've already got the brochures. We're already registered for 2019, my FICO world. And it's all about Falcon. It's all about AI. It's all about predicting. And, and we've got to play this game. But here's the You can hack the algorithms if you know the rules of the game. We can illegally, morally, and ethically hack the system if we know how to play. Period. So that's what we're, uh, that's kind of what we're excited to study because my, my database, my algorithms, my process for our clients always get better and better every FICO we go to. I get a lot of questions from people on uh, wanting to pick my brain, wanting to ask me about what I do, how do I do it, all kinds of things across the spectrum. One of the things I try and answer back with is there's a few different ways that we can work together. People can either um, participate by being a buyer, being a seller, or being a partner, and that's really the best way to learn. So if people have questions that have reached out to me, the best thing to do is jump on www.nicknicknick.com, and you can schedule a consultation if you're looking to sell properties, buy part properties, partner on some deals, or just get a general consultation to see where we can even fit in and where we can do business together on any level. There's options for that to set some stuff up. So please visit www.nicknicknick.com to buy, to sell, or to partner on real estate deals or opportunities. That is the place to go. That is the best way to start making money and learning the process. I love that. So, you, I mean, essentially, you're doing everything you can to have a crystal wall. I mean, that, that's really what you're essentially trying to do. And back to that black belt analogy, one of the things I always tell everybody about black belts is I'll, I'll go and I'll train jiu-jitsu with some black belts. And the stuff that they will submit me with, it's things that I know. They get me with the basic stuff. The difference is they're thinking 10 steps ahead of me and trapping me because they're already looking. Yes. That's what you're doing with all of this is us as real estate investors, I'm worried about getting more deals, getting more money, getting more deals, getting more money. For me to take the time to learn these things, it's going to cost me money because I'm going to be taking away from what I'm good at. So that's exactly why I try and surround myself with people like you because you are an expert at what you do and I don't think anybody can take the time to dig in like you have. And those are huge things that I guarantee nobody, nobody knows until they're actually in the game working with you or literally has the experience I have where I go, why the hell would I get declined for a credit card? It makes no sense at all. And then you realize it doesn't make sense, but I didn't know the rules that they change. So I have to change with those rules. So, you said something. Yeah, you said something brilliant there, uh, Nick, that um, a good, uh, uh, somebody in uh, the martial arts, right? They're planning something two or three moves ahead, just like chess masters. Yeah, they're 
three or four moves ahead, right? But the thing is, is we've got to we've got to plan ahead. We have to actually position our profile not for getting a a hundred thousand dollar credit line today, but a hundred thousand dollar credit line in in a quarter, six months, or a year from now, depending on the quality of our profile. We got to start playing this game now and learning all the rules of the game. So um, that's yeah, that that's right on. Cool. So um, there's there's four key things that I still want to definitely deep into as much as we can. Um, the first is I, I want to ask you for people listening that are in three different boats, what's uh, a tip or a tidbit or some value you can give them first for somebody that's in a position right now that just has no credit or bad credit? What's something that they can begin to do or to assess or to look at to get themselves into a position to go from fair or poor to good, and then I'll do the next step and the next step. All right, so the first thing that you, you wanna make sure is that your identities are, uh, that we, we have a disputing model that is awesome. If you, let's say there's Merrill Chandler and there are accounts attached to Merrill Chandler, and then there are accounts attached to Merrill R. Chandler. Well, if I can make all of my account, my negative accounts that are reporting on my credit profile, if I can associate them with one of my identities that I'm not going to be using, if I could dispute the legality or the ethics of having that non-identity on my profile, I can remove all the accounts associated with that with that uh, identity. So that's what we call an identity um, a dispute, where you're not disputing just the negative. The, the negative accounts, you're disputing the identity associated with those negative. Now, there's a deeper dive to it, but the first thing I would tell people to do is clean up your credit as much as you can, but monitor it from FICO. MyFICO.com. Notice I'm not giving you a special link. I don't make a dime. MyFICO.com. If you want to do something about your profile, this is for all levels. If you want to do something legit with your profile, you have got to have real intel. You have got to have what the lenders, the actual scores and metrics that the lenders are using. But that's what I would do in less than perfect land. If you're finished disputing and no, nothing else is coming up, oh, let me tell you about disputing. Here's another tip. No matter what the credit repair, we don't even talk about credit repair. We, you're, If you're not fundable, we'll figure out why you're not fundable, including derogatory accounts. But if you've worked with a credit repair company or you're with a credit repair company, if they have not gotten you results after two, any two rounds of results that don't come back with more deletions, stop paying them. I have clients who paid us literally for four years at Lexington just on the hope that another item would come up. If, two, if they've all been verified as accurate and you have two rounds of disputes where nothing comes off, you're done. You've got the low-hanging fruit. Now you've got to make your profile fundable, and you've got to start working with um, with legitimate accounts. The other thing I would tell bad credit people: don't go to tier four lenders. Don't get a uh, a premier one. If the if the secured card that you get is not from one of the top five banks in this country, it is not going to train. It we call it graduating. It will not graduate into an unsecured account. Your money will always be there. And will a lender give you $100,000 even 10 years from now on a secured $1,000 card? No. We've got to get them to unsecured so we can grow that to ten dollars or $20,000 or $50,000, right? So that's what I would say to the, the people who have derogatory accounts on their credit profiles. Great information. And I can attest to exactly that because you have helped me with my uh, personal credit ID disputes, which I went back to each individual one, had to update it, had to fight it. But because I have the credit monitoring, even like yesterday, I got another alert of, hey, you have a new address. No, I don't. I haven't applied for anything. And it came back with dumb things that I would not have thought mattered in the past. Like it gave an address that was a past address of mine, but it came back with instead of the, the unit that I had as a suite, it said floor one, which I've never put that on anything, but I know that I just refinanced a rental property and it literally in the bottom of the ninth inning almost cost me my financing because I had to drive to a affiliate bank within 20 minutes, give up my entire day, sit there with a guy in the middle of some weird warehouse that was there alone 
and get on with an underwriter and they went, well, your bank statements say it's this week, but we have this thing that says it's floor one. Now we're not sure. And I went, well, that's ridiculous. That will throw a wrench in the whole funding. Yep. That alone. I was screaming on the phone because I go, well, let's get this straight. If the question here is, is this me? You have 50 things saying that it's me. The argument is just, do I live in this suite or do I live on this floor? So give me my money. And they were like, it doesn't work like that. And again, I could be mad or I could be right. So now I have to clean that up. So now I know because I got that monitoring, when that comes in, I need to address that right away because that half hour of annoying stuff that I might use to dispute that now could cost me $150,000 30, 40, 60, 90 days from now. And you don't have time to do it when you're trying to close. Mm -hmm. You got to handle it now. Yep. That's why. So yeah, brilliantly said. Yep. yep. So hey, I you're, that. you're you're acting like a great coaching client. <laughs> well, I, I'm learning this stuff from you. That again, people go. It's you know, it's a lot of stuff that I would not have known why that's important. It seems insignificant, but knowing now that it's not because you've been working with me, I appreciate that stuff. Okay, so that's starting out. Now, let's say you have good credit and you want some tips to get yourself to excellent credit. What is something they can look into doing? Great. So um, we call good credit anything between eight twenty. Uh, uh, sorry, uh, seven hundred and seven forty, seven fifty. Because great credit is seven sixty and higher, right? So it's that. It's, but it's over. Good credit is over seven hundred. So what you want to be able to do is first of all, you want to develop out a profile that includes top tier banks and you don't want to have a lot of consumer. If you go in there, if you go into a lender and you got a bunch of consumer accounts, you're actually dragging down your score because consumer accounts, like anything from a mall or anything online, the PayPal accounts, the Walmart credit cards, the, the, the Home Depots, the Victoria's Secrets, all of those. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my girl's favorite store. No, you don't. Uh, cash, 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 right? Um, but the whole point is that you've got to create a, the, a, a fundable borrower impression, a profile that matches a fundable borrower. So in the good credit range, that's about developing the, the, width and, uh, the width and power of a fundable profile, which is how good the profile is. How does it reflect in what you want to borrow? Because uh, I'll give, uh, here's a quick secret. An 800 plus credit score simply means you get more of what you got. So if you got a, so if you got an 800 plus credit score, but it's riddled with with uh, uh, consumer accounts, mall store cards, and uh, department store cards, that just means you're going to get the best rates and the best limits on more mall store cards. No one's, as I said, no one's going to give you a hundred thousand dollar business line of credit on your Home Depot reputation or or your Victoria's. Sorry, ladies. Sorry, guys. The not your Home Depot rep or the Victoria's Secret reputation. So you've got to. So the, the, to go from good to great, you've got to make a fundable profile by raising limits on tier one accounts, getting rid of, don't go closing them. They make, they're contributing to profile right now. Um, uh, this is my disclaimer. I'm not responsible. If I may be, I, I'm, I don't know if I'm giving a revolver to a two-year-old, right? Don't pull the damn trigger, no matter how old you are, without adult supervision. So, but you've got to convert. That's the biggest thing from good to great is converting um, a consumer amateur rec, rec ball, uh, you know, rec yard ball to pro ball. Awesome. Awesome. Now going from excellent, the two ways that I would see going up from there is now my questions would be, now we touched on a little bit, but their goal, in my opinion, tell me if I'm wrong, would be you have an excellent credit score. Now we need to start to evolve an excellent credit profile. And now right. with an excellent personal credit profile, can you start to touch on ways they can do that? And now some of the things that you and I are working on where I am now going to try and start to translate from my FICO score to building up a business credit profile. Correct. So one of the things I learned at FICO 18 is that 80% FICO's just uh, uh, Dave Smith, my liaison at FICO. Um, he said that 80% of all small business and entrepreneurial 
lending is based on your person, the quality of your personal profile. Cause that's the only metric that they can measure the 24 month look back rate. How do you treat other people's money, right? How do you treat OPM? They're measuring how you treat it, right? Is it with deference and respect? Are you protecting the lender? Do you do all the right things that make you uh, uh, worth giving more money to, right? So, so, Going from a good credit score, remember, a good you could have an 800 plus credit score. The question was a little, um, it's not good credit and great credit because that implies score. It's what is a good credit profile and what's a spectacular you know, a credit profile, like you said. Because you can have an 800 plus credit score and no one's gonna give you a dime other than more credit, um, credit cards from, from uh, malls. So, to, if you have a good profile, then we leverage that profile over onto the business. Because if you've done everything right, if we've helped you develop, you, we've, you, you've, you've implemented the coaching to develop the right profile and to run the right traffic patterns on your checking, your personal checking accounts, and the right traffic patterns on your personal cards. You've got the right limits. You've got the right types of accounts. Then all of that behavior gets measured by FICO, those 40 characteristics. And then we go over to the business and we say, oh yeah, look at us, we're ballers. <laughs> Let's give us, and then we'll start out simply. We build up a business checking account, then a business credit card. But then we go for the sweet spot, what we call trophy lines, right? How do you know you, you're, you're, you're a badass at, at ball? Because you end up with all the trophies. And trophy credit lines are the, five to eight percent unsecured stated income um credit business lines of credit not credit cards not credit card stacking these are write a check do a deal credit lines we call them trophy lines because if you get those it means you know how to play this damn game right that's what it means and so if you've got a great profile an excellent profile then we want to leverage that so that anybody who looks at you it looks at you like yeah, I'm going to give you my money because look how you treat their money. I want to be part of that game. And that's and that's the leveraging part. Now we're playing the game just like the banks do. I said borrow money low, rent it high, right? Or flip it or for a profit. That's playing the funding game. And so now we're doing exactly what the lenders are. And since we're playing the game, they want to use us to make more money. And they'll give us money after money after truckloads of it if we know how to make them a profit. If you guys are getting anything from the podcast and some of the great knowledge and tips that the guests are sharing, please take a minute and leave a review on iTunes or any of your platforms with some stars and some comments, helping spread the promotion and spread some visibility for the podcast, for the guests, and for the knowledge so we can continue to do this. It'll only take a minute. I appreciate it. If you guys could take the time, it would go a very, very long way. Again, leave a review on iTunes, start to share, start to spread the word. I really would appreciate it if you're getting anything out of this. Thank you. I love that. And you know, when one of the things that I tell everybody is right now is a very easy time to get into real estate because there's people that are giving money that really have no business giving money and they're giving it to people that really don't know what they're doing with that money and they really shouldn't be buying these properties anyway. So there's going to be a time 12, 24, 36 months from now when all the people that got into real estate are looking for jobs because they're not going to be able to stay in the game. Those things that you just said are exactly what you need to start doing now to make sure that you can get in the game and you stay in the game. So anybody that listened to that and said, I have an 800 credit score, I have good credit, I'm getting into real estate right now, that should have made the hair on the back of their neck stood up and get them excited of saying, those trophy lines, that's exactly what I need to make sure I never go back to a W-2 job, I stay in real estate and I have all the fundability I need. That's That right there alone, if people don't understand, if they got nothing else from the last hour, that should be the thing that they know. That's the reason why I need to get my credit profile better, so I can continue to invest in the down market. Yeah. So there's a, uh, there's uh, uh, any other questions? Those those, uh, those are fantastic questions. I mean, that really is gives you kind of the uh, yellow brick road that you get skipped down if you're willing to plan now to to start start doing that. So we have a number of educational platforms people can get involved in that allow people to do a deep dive into this instead of an hour if you got to spend 16 hours right just learning all this so it's a wonderful opportunity to to learn the rules of the game i love that and um you know touching on a couple of things is this is why 
I tell everybody, you can be great at what you do, but unless you surround yourself with a team of other people, you're never going to win any, any games because you could be a great pitcher, but you need a catcher and a first baseman. You need yeah. all those people. So, you know, for anybody that starts to listen to this and go, it sounds like there's a lot to the real estate. And then they go, well, crap, now it seems like there's a lot to the credit. That's why there's things that you can do. Like you can send me an email, you can jump on our website, you can hit us up on social media, and we can figure out how to get you into some properties and how to get Merrill to get you a better credit profile, get you some financing so you can partner with us. You know, it, 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 it is a big system and we're obviously oversimplifying the process. That's why we'll talk about the stuff that you're offering. But the way that you and I started talking before we actually began the podcast was what you did was you showed me your t-shirt and you were talking about your book and the stuff you're going to write. So as we're closing this up, are you effable? That's literally what I'm going to call this podcast. So you really hit it on the head of good credit, bad credit, excellent credit. That really doesn't matter anymore. What matters to us is are you effable or are you not? So take it away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Are you effable? Yeah. The name of my book that's coming out is called, um, are you, F uh, are you effable or just effed? So no offense intended, it's are you fundable? Because it doesn't mean, we don't care. I never want to hear what your credit score is. I want to see your profile. Let's take the score off because the score will follow. Remember, if you have a badass profile, you'll get more of what you get. So if you've got $100,000 lines of credit, one bank, two banks, three banks, you can go to a fourth, fifth, and sixth bank. We call it the million dollar funding formula because you do a hundred grand at 10 banks, you got your million dollars writing a check, doing a deal, right? So the whole point is to get more of what you already got, but let's put your profile in play so that you can get that first $100,000 business line of credit. And they're out there and banks are willing to give them if they trust you with to, to score with the ball, right? So that's our so that's number one. We also have a boot camp that's called a fundability boot camp that we uh, that we offer. That's a two day. Believe it or not, it's ninety seven damn dollars. Mm -hmm. Two days of this level of intensity, note taking. The manual's like two hundred and sixty eight pages. I mean, it is ungodly how much we are, how much ground we cover. And this is just so you can stop failing, right? We call it, we, we call it the, you know, the, 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 how to stop failing or falling on your funding face is, is, is the name. And so we, because I can't right now without knowing you and your situation, looking at your personal situation, I can't tell you what your funding path is. I can tell you globally what not to do. And that's what I, I appreciate the, uh, being on your, your show here, Nick, because that's what I want to be able to, to teach people is at least stop failing, right? How to stop tripping on the landmines and killing yourselves every every single time you fill out an application, every, every single time you go get a credit card to save 10%. Here's another quick one for everybody. Unless you're spending $60,000 at Target, it's not worth getting that free 10% by filling out their damn application. It, it's a 40% low value junk card that actually drags on your score. So there you go. I love that. Now, what you just talked about too, I don't think other people understand either as far as that there's tiers of credit and department store cards. And one of the things that I tell people is when they go to Macy's, like you just said, or Target, and they go, well, don't you want to save 10% on this pair of jeans? Okay. They're still going to take the hit for the hard hit to see if they apply or approve. But even if Macy's or Target gives them a million dollars there, it's not going to help the utilization rates of their DTI because it's nope. only used at that score. But if they miss a payment, it's going to affect them in a negative way. So I feel like there's nothing positive that can come of that. But um, you reminded uh -huh. me to bring up another thing that, for somebody like me that's always also using what, what we've learned as a co-branded card, something like a Delta American Express, a Citibank American Airlines card, what's a way that somebody can use those cards because they're not really considered tier one credit, but they're also might be, hey, I like my Sky Miles. Where's right. that balance and what's your opinion on how many they should have, if it's really worth having, what the pros and cons are for yeah. tier Now, that, that particular one is based on individual. I would have to weight every single card that they have because if you've only got those then you your profile you're in a tier two eight, 60 to 80 percent contribution band um but if you've got you've got some tier ones and a couple of those you're probably not going to be too harmed you just you if you look like you're a 
travel hacker, um, reward hopper, or, um, or credit card stacker, those have profiles that they track. And if you're going out just picking up stuff to pick up the 500 or the $50,000 mile or the 50,000 miles for getting the, and you do that, they track all that and they see what kind of a borrower you are. That is not pro ball guys. So you can, but there are tier one cards like the chase Sapphire, uh, chase Sapphire, um, preferred or reserved. They, give miles, no blackout dates, all those kind of things, but it's a tier 100% card, right? So, uh, so there are ways around it, but I, I don't, I can't evaluate that without seeing somebody's profile. Totally fair. And, and to, to touch on that, it's exactly when people say, you know, Hey, will this hard money lender give me money? It depends on the property and it also depends on you and the amount that they're going to lend you in the market, they're going to charge you for the same exact property might be different for me, might be different for you. So exactly like you're saying, if anybody's contacts you or always any goes to any type of lender and they want a direct answer without showing them their whole profile and the exact assets. And, you know, like you said, you, you have to take all those ingredients until you figure out what you're going to get. But it's amazing that, again, they don't teach these things in school. I would have not even known, hey, there's a Delta card. There's a credit card here. There's a Macy's card. There's a Citibank card. It's all a credit card. What the hell is the difference? There's a massive difference. And the way you use them, even if you're using them the same exact way, can now completely change your credit profile, which I, it's just, it's so crazy that people don't know it. And why would you? Because nobody, nobody teaches it. Nobody tells you it's a big deal. So yeah. I appreciate it. I, I need that. I think they need more people like you. And, and touching on almost every th single thing that you even gave a two minute snapshot on, I know you could go on for an hour for just each one of those things. So I do 16 I like hours to, worth at the boot camp. <laughs> so I, I would definitely like to bring you back on it and, and dissect that a little bit more and talk more about those things. Uh, I'd love to have you on more. I'll put a link on this podcast when we're going to go out and I'll shoot it out to you. So, you know, I will actually put all your contact information and social media and stuff on there. And I will put a, a direct link to your courses and stuff on my direct website. So People, if they want to take your boot camp and they want to go through your credit repair and have the assessment, yeah. for sure. Yeah, and we don't do credit repair. We credit do repair. the we, we do <laughs> yeah, but fundability analysis. If you've got derogatories, we have completely unique and right. Just writing dispute letters is so last century, right? It, it, it's that's it's gone the way of the dinosaur. But um, on that link, what you'll do is you'll go to the link. There is a free one hour presentation that kind of does a deeper dive. And then if, if we're still talking your jam, then you can sign up for the bootcamp for 97 bucks. There's a couple of upgrade things. If you want a fundability analysis with me, it's more if you want to stay in the Facebook group and, and have access to every single month. Um, imagine having this conversation every every month with me for 16 hours. That's what you get at the upgrade level. So, but you can attend once, get all the materials and, and rock the world. So. Awesome, man. I appreciate it. And again, it's, it's been a big help in the, the things that I have just learned about playing the game and the rules of credit and the things that are a big deal have just been outstanding. You know, it's, it's, it's awesome. And I remember one, one of your, um, one of the guys from your company actually came to one of my real estate classes and I did the credit section and he was like, that's the best credit section I've seen in 10 years. And I, was like, well, I learned that from Merrill. So thank you for helping me. But, uh, you know, again, everything that I, I learn, I do, and I try to put into place. And, you know, so anything that you're talking about, I've experienced the benefits of it and it's helped me and it's well worth the price of everything I've paid. And I know it's going to continue to pay off in a couple of years when I really need that to be in place. I'm, I'm prepping for that. So thank you for all that. Thank you for all your help. In closing, anything else you want to share? Anything, uh, anything you want oh, to do? Just do something, guys. Just learn more, but pull the trigger. Do, don't just learn, but do something. You need to be setting, because these trophy credit lines don't come next month. I don't care, and don't say, but I have an 820 credit score. That's not the point. You missed the entire point of our conversation today. It doesn't matter what your score is. It matters whether or not a lender will give you money. And if, Because when somebody says, I, I speak at real estate conferences all over the country, people come to me, why do I need you? I've got an 820 credit score. And I'm like, where's the million dollars that comes with that score if you if it's fundable, they're like, yeah, people won't, they won't, I, I get turned down for real estate deals. And I'm like, 
so do something. Go to the boot camp. Just find out. There, it, there's no hard. There's no hard sell. Okay, here's the close of the boot camp. It's in the last hour of the last day. Here, ready for the close? Here's the close. If this makes sense, pick a pack, a coaching package. If it doesn't, Godspeed, God bless. Okay, you just had the close. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I know it's like that. That way, people aren't afraid. Is this just a? It's not a sales thing. Go look on our Credit Sense Facebook page at all of the comments of people who've attended the thing. It is so Intel rich. It is crazy. I just gave you the clothes. So there's nothing to be afraid of. I'm not here to upsell you on uh, if you don't get it, you would suck as a coaching client anyway. So I don't want to. But if you do get it, right? If you do get it, then let's figure something out so that within that 6, 12, 24 months, we've built a new look back period and lenders already start giving you those Twenty, fifty, hundred thousand dollar business lines of credit that will all grow, and you'll learn so much more. We can't even talk about it all. Awesome. <sighs> and uh, you know, I have over an eight hundred credit score, and I am using you for that exact thing. And what you have done here is fired me up to make sure I am better about emailing back all that information. So I will go on the record and say, within the next seven days. I will have everything back to you so we can continue to build up my credit profile. Yeah, get your, I'll tell my people to, to wait for your, to, to, to your, your advisor team. Everybody gets an advisor team that they, they're ready to go. As soon as you send it back, we'll, we'll, we'll take it to the, to the leverage state now that your profile's ready. You know, kudos to you too, why you brought that up. I do want to say there's other places I've gone and things I've done for all aspects of my business over the last 13 years. And if I don't do my part, it's on me. Your people actually borderline harass me of haven't heard from you. Are you okay? What's going on? Please send this. How can I help you? Haven't heard from you. What's going on? Which I need. I need that. So I think that's awesome. They don't have to do that and they do that and that's going to hold me accountable. So if somebody's looking for somebody to put their foot in their butt, your people are doing that and I appreciate it. So thank you so much, Meryl. Meryl. Uh, I appreciate the time. I will be in touch. Uh, I'll post the links on there. I'll let you know when this is getting posted and, um, and I'm looking forward to having you on again, hopefully within the next few weeks. Yep. That'll be awesome. Thanks. Godspeed. Thanks.